Welcome to the Sexy Selfish Podcast Series. I'm your host, Shona Gates. I'm a women's life coach, success strategist, and a self-proclaimed badass. And I'm here to help you rediscover your authentic self, stop delaying your happiness, and step into your truth. This podcast has been created to connect, inspire, and nurture mums who want more. Are you ready? Hi guys, and welcome to today's episode of the podcast. So a couple of trigger warnings. We're going to be talking about stress um, and anxiety today. Uh, and we'll kind of be circling around those two topics. So just want you to be fully aware that's what we're talking about. And it's going to be a bit of a short podcast today, but I still think even the shortest podcast can be impactful, powerful, um, and make a big difference. It doesn't have to be this 45 minutes to an hour every single time we launch an episode to be able to make a difference in the world. So short, sweet, to the point, because we ain't got time for fluffy shit. So today I want to talk about how I manage stress and anxiety. I do get asked about this a lot, especially in the, the business world. When I attend networking events, people often reach out online and ask about it. And um, prior to now, there wasn't really a clear answer for me to share with you, but I was working on a blog post about this for one of the women in business groups that I'm a part of. And so working on the blog, I finally feel like I actually got a little bit of clarity in how to answer these questions because before it's just like, how do you manage stress and how do you manage anxiety? And I would think, oh my God, don't ask me that. I don't know. I don't know the answer. I'm barely surviving. I don't know. And I would always kind of freak out when people would ask me about it because then I would worry that people saw me as this person who has it all together that can handle her shit. And I'm, I'm really, I'm really not that I'm a fucking mess behind the scenes. So I don't want to ever look like this calm little duck gliding on the water and everyone thinks that is my life. Cause when you look at that duck's feet under the water, it's paddling furiously <laughs> trying to stay afloat. That's me. Um, and so I'm sorry if you're listening to this and thinking when I see you on social media and it does look like you have it all together and you're so on top of it and your company's growing and you still have a great relationship with your husband. Because I get this feedback all the time and it's like, yeah, from work, it's not this lucky stress-free life. And there's still a lot of anxiety and stress that goes on behind the scenes. And I realized a couple of years ago that I, ever since I was really, really young, I've always had bouts of anxiety and stress that probably were outside a normal, predictable, understandable level of anxiety as a child, like really, really, really crazy levels of anxiety around things that you just can't control, but that my body seemed to think if I worry about it enough, if I create enough imaginary scenarios in my head, if I panic enough, I'll be able to have some form of control over things. But my biggest breakdown, and I guess is an ensuing breakthrough, was when I was 34 weeks pregnant with um, my youngest son, Hudson. My husband was away on a boys' trip for the weekend. Um, 
And I was just overcome with this insane panic that something would happen to my husband while he was away. And I would be left to have the baby by myself or to raise three kids. It was just this completely illogical fear. I knew where he was. He was in a safe place. He was with his friends. They were all just going fishing. Like it, it's not something, it's not like he was going rock climbing, deep sea diving, bungee jumping. There was nothing crazy happening. They were just literally drinking on the riverbank. But I this had this completely illogical fear. I mean, to the point of hyperventilating, to having panic attacks. My whole body was shaking. And my normal course of action, not being pregnant, would have been to have a drink and kind of like, like take this sharp edge off of those nerves. And I think the reason I had to fully feel this and then confront it was because I couldn't use alcohol to take that little edge off this time I was pregnant there was nothing you can take there's nothing you can do everything feels heightened and more intense it was it was a lot it was a lot right and looking back it was an accumulation of a lot of things an unexpected pregnancy a complicated unexpected pregnancy being feeling out of control of your own body feeling like a number in a hospital system and then I think this weekend of being left alone with the two kids, nearly nearly three, pregnant with a third, it just tipped me over the edge, right? And I knew it was anxiety, yet I couldn't stop the panic. I knew it was illogical. I knew it made no sense. I knew he was completely safe. I knew I was completely safe. And yet I couldn't stop it. It rose up in me without warning, without clear explanation, and without logic. And I managed to rein it in. I did. I journaled on it. I slept well. I just tried to breathe through it. I went for a big walk, which was more of a waddle when you're pregnant like that. And I managed to push through it to the other side because of my highly logical brain that's like, no, he's safe. He's okay. You're safe. You're okay. There's nothing you can do. Worrying about it isn't going to change anything. Like I was able to talk myself down from this place after years of practice doing that. I managed to rein it in, but I strongly believe that if you don't master your emotions, if you don't learn to experience them, feel them, fully feel them, acknowledge them, release them and let them go, they master you instead. So managing your stress and anxiety is a huge part to becoming a successful mother, woman, and entrepreneur. I'm not saying I've totally got this nailed, because I don't, but if you're a couple of steps behind me in this journey, and because that's really all you can do, if you're one step in front of someone, then you can help the person behind you. And I guess that's what I'm really trying to do here. If you're feeling this way or have felt this way or have finally acknowledged that anxiety and stress is kind of running your life a bit more than you're running your life, here are some ways that I've utilized that help me a lot in managing my stress and anxiety, in pulling myself back from the edge a lot faster than I used to. Because I'm certainly not going to say like, I never experience it anymore. Like I, I do. I definitely do. Um, but I'm quicker at seeing it and I'm quicker at going, okay, that's what's happening. This is why it's happening. Or maybe there's no reason, but it's like, that's okay if I don't know the reason. I'm going to fully feel it. I'm going to experience it, acknowledge it, and I'm going to let it go. So a couple of things that I do is filling up your self-care cup. Everyone talks about it, 
But the point is to fill it up before it gets totally empty. You know, when you tell your kids to put their shoes on in the morning and you say it nicely the first time and then the second time you're like, please, can you put your shoes on? Third time, it's like five minutes to go. Please get your shoes on. Two minutes to go. Why don't you have your shoes on? And then as like two minutes after you're meant to have left, you're like, get your fucking shoes on. And the kid's like, why are you yelling at me? Right? That's what happens with our self-care cup too. Like when we let it get a little bit low and we let it get lower and we get lower and we get lower. And then on the outside, no one sees that cup so slowly draining. No one sees that. They just see the explosive moment at the end where the, the wells finally run dry. We're completely tapped out and that sock in the hallway just sends us over the edge and we're just yelling and throwing loaves of bread everywhere. And we're just like, no, you can all fucking cook your own dinner. I don't care, right? We've all felt that at some point. So it's important to fill that cup back up before it gets totally empty. And you don't wait until it's bone dry before you take care of yourself. You don't rest is not the reward for the activity. Rest is essential. And self-care is not something that you have to deserve or be worthy of or earn. You just have it. You should have it. You should feel totally okay taking that and doing what it needs to fill that cup up without having to earn it or be deserving of it because that's a constantly moving benchmark, isn't it? Another thing is to never underestimate sleep. And this comes from someone who has struggled with sleep her entire life. In the days of my eating disorder, I would sleep too much, obviously from lack of energy, lack of iron, everything looking back, extreme fatigue, lack of basically any, any energy to run my body. And I would sleep 14 hours a day sometimes if I had to. I'd fall asleep in the car all the time. I'd fall asleep during a meeting or during school. But later in my life, um, and certainly now, I do struggle with sleep. I actually take a sedative to sleep because my brain never turns off never there's no rest for me there's no point where my mind is stilled and my thoughts are not constantly going sleep is important if you have only the mental space to focus on optimizing one area of your life choose sleep get the good pillows Create a healthy sleep environment, make sure your room's nice and dark, get white noise going, no external lights, no technology right before bed. If you're like me and you need something a little bit extra to I will actually fall asleep, I do take a natural sedative to go to sleep and look at some melatonin supplements or something. Choose sleep. If there's one area, I know we all want to dive in and focus on skincare for self-care or we want to start hitting the gym, but let's get our sleep. Let's get that foundational aspect right first. So focus on sleep. Sleep is important. The third thing that's helped me a lot is actually journaling. Journaling it all out. You'll find some of my journals floating around in my storeroom and under my bed and all the other stacks of journals I have floating around my house. Some of them are full of, full of scripts. Some of them are full of affirmations. Some of them are full of inspirational words and things I've read and things I'm excited about. But a lot of the time, it's just filled with ranting. Because <laughs> really, to get it out of my head and get it out on paper somehow that makes a lot more of those like the weekend where Aaron was away I actually sat down and I journaled I journaled for like an hour and a half and I just got out all the stupid illogical shit my brain was thinking and I just put it on paper and then it's like once it was out of my head and somewhere else my brain could let it go my brain could release a little bit 
And then you read it back to yourself and be like, oh my God, you dumb twat. And at the time it felt so real. And a couple of weeks later when I kind of looked at those that journaling page again, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> you're so insane. But at the time it felt so real. So I didn't want to disvalue, like, like what's the word I'm trying to think? I still need to validate what I was thinking and feeling and experiencing. I didn't want to barrel over that with some toxic positivity, but it definitely helped me look at it from a much more logical perspective I had to ask myself is this true is he really going to like be in an accident and never come home to you no it's fine he's fine you're fine right but journaling it out that's how I got over my last big panic attack I wrote and I wrote and I wrote and I wrote and most of it ended up completely ineligible but somehow getting it out paper getting on like getting it on paper getting it out of my head it felt a lot lighter I felt lighter. My soul felt lighter. Oh my God. I just burped straight in the microphone. Sorry guys. But thankfully I now have a much better control of my anxiety. It's not about control. I have a much better relationship with my anxiety because it's always going to be there. And I think if I try to control it, that's demonizing it and trying to shove it out. Whereas if I'm accepting of it as a part of me, it's a lot easier to deal with and acknowledge and be like, hey, that's coming up and that's okay and that will pass and that will go away and I'll feel differently in a few hours and I'll feel differently tomorrow. I think if I demonize it and use shame and manipulation and guilt around it, then I would be more than likely trying to push that feeling away before I ever, ever fully experienced it and that would probably create another toxic cycle in itself. So yeah, I'm not perfect. Things have definitely gotten a lot better and I'm able to bounce back so much faster. And what it's really resulted in me in has becoming, I think, more empathetic to my kids when they might experience some anxiety, some nervousness, some stress in their life. I'm better at, you know, helping them with strategies and coping situations, but also understanding that yeah, I, I thought I was going to take them to the park. And when we got there, there was a lot more kids than my my kids expected. And they were feeling a little bit anxious about it. And that's okay. I don't have to push them to go and play and interact if they're not feeling up to it. Just like I would expect someone to respect my wishes like that. So I think all around, even though experiencing growing up, having anxiety, had some really, really horrible moments along the way. I do feel like it has made me a better mum because of it and I understand myself a lot better because of it as well so yeah it's not necessarily a gift but I think if you can look at it differently shift your perspective and the way that you relate to it it certainly has the potential for some profound impact in a positive way but yeah I'll round up those three tips again. Fill up your self-care cup before it gets totally empty. Don't wait until it's bone dry before you take care of yourself. Never underestimate sleep. If you have only the mental space to focus on optimizing one area of your life, choose your sleep and journal it out. If in doubt, journal it out. I hope that's helped. I can't wait to hear your feedback. I love you guys. Bye. If you love this episode, please subscribe and leave me a little love note by tagging me at sexy underscore selfish. 
To check out more of the Sexy Selfish podcast or to grab some of my little goodies, head on over to the freebie hub at www.sexyselfish.com. It's totally free and it's jam-packed with hours and hours of content for you. Thank you so much for being here with me today on the Sexy Selfish Show and showing up today to become the best version of you. I'm sure you got so much out of today's episode and I know that I really did as well. If there is someone in your life who would really benefit from hearing this episode and some of the things we shared about, please share it with them right now. It's as easy as just sharing a link and you could literally change someone's life. Remember, it is time to stop delaying your happiness.